Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year to you all. I'm Ani Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini, three part spirit. One part, rational mind, add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, dun, 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 what's woo, dun, 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 and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, oh my god, this nation is experiencing some painful revelation. The only ones buying the official narration are the folks stuck on Imbecile Station. The mind is fed up with your mental ping-pong. Just man up and admit you were wrong. Weak minds and soft bellies have turned this nation's knees to jelly. Wibbly-wobbly, B-rated comedy apology for a world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum. And as always, I laugh when I say that. You know, we do. We try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. Often we are unsuccessful, <laughs> but we are honor bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the metaphysical martini show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. In fact, let me take a sip of today's drinky poo and see if it's a winner or a sinner. Hold on, darlings. Don't go away. Sipping is happening. Mm. This is the part of the show that I take very, very seriously, you know, and I really should give a little bit more attention to the martini portion of metaphysical martini. Let me take another sip. I'm very happy with that. Mm. And we shall talk more about that toward the end of the show when I will have finished my drink and I'll be royally tiddly. And I'm always at my best, I think, when I'm tiddly. If you're joining us for the first time, a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, this show is politically incorrect so as not to erode the intellect. We martini heads, we're simple. But we're level-headed folks. We believe in common sense, common courtesy, common decency. We understand the evil agenda behind deep state ideology. And we have dedicated our lives to dismantling the machinery of the aforementioned deep state. To be honest, we're neither left nor right. We have a more libertarian approach to things over here. You know, the traditional things that make people happy, small government and big sovereignty. We also believe America has a sacred purpose in man's evolution. And we are aware that we are on the front lines, fighting against those who would put an end to anything resembling free will. We are fighting against those who openly declare they will use vaccines to reduce the population. Those who openly declare that the time for humans is over and that the time for AI has begun. Oh, not on my watch, darling. We find ourselves fighting against those who protect rapists, pedophiles, traffickers, money launderers and murderers. And why would they do that? Probably because they are rapists, pedophiles traffickers, money launderers and murderers. 
people who have been corrupted and are now blackmailable and terrified of being called out and arrested and dealt with and they should be bloody terrified because we all know nothing can stop what's coming and we are coming for them where will they hide i wonder what type of deals are they willing to make at the last minute woe unto those who took the dirty money without reading the fine print i almost feel sorry for you almost so darlings today is january the 3rd 2024 and since this is the first show on 2024 a happy new year to one and all we have had one heck of a ride since big t and the white hats first started to stir the swamp pot back in 2015 and we're still stirring aren't we and the pot seems to get bigger and the wooden spoon that we're stirring it with is bigger and we're finding all sorts of weird stuff stuck to the bottom of the pot nasty stuff sticky smelly smelly welly ugly stuff and we all seem surprised <laughs> but here's the thing Surely, darlings, we should know better. We have forgotten what it took to build this republic. And we have forgotten why we fought so hard for government by consent. And now we have an almighty mess to deal with. Because, let's face it, without sovereignty, what value does life have? No one incarnates to be a slave. No one incarnates to give away their free will. That's not a cosmic space adventure. That's a waste of life. That's a waste of energy. So this year, of all years, this year, we should be asking ourselves and asking each other, what kind of world do we want to live in? Can we define that? Can we make those changes happen? Are we prepared to put in the work, not only for our own sake, but also for our progeny? You know, have we become so soft-bellied and lily-livered that we want everything provided for us now? Is that what it's come to? Because the next step, if we continue down that dreadful path, the next step is to have someone do our actual thinking for us. And guess what? Organizations like the Rand Corporation spent billions brainwashing us through television and media without us realizing it. They slowly, painlessly integrated us into their matrix of mind control minions until we reached the pinnacle of absurdity. A society of tolerant, apathetic and easily distracted morons. So let's be serious and let's ask each other, what kind of world do we want to live in? Answers will vary, of course, based on the individual's level of self-awareness. But we could start by asking what we don't want to see going forward. And so I did a little survey of my people, you know, my client base, my friends, uh, neighbors here in the complex where I live. And I got it down to about five or six points. Um, and, and this is what they came up with. So a big one was an end to war and to make peace with anyone posing a threat to America. Well, um, I seem to remember that Trump managed to achieve that. Uh, does anyone remember that? We had uh, peace. We made peace with the people who said they were going to nuke us and spook us and duke us and all sorts of things to us. We had that with Trump. But this administration, the fake Biden puppet regime, is doing everything it can to start a full-blown World War III. I'm happy that people are waking up to the fact that war is insanity, that it was nice not to live under threat, that peace is actually a normal state of mind. What else did they say? They want to see a decrease in dependence on all foreign imports and return to a proudly made in America um, you know, scenario. Well, again, Trump made it clear that was a priority and in the works. That's when the globalism really started, wasn't it? 
when American peace workers who were making 20 to 30 to 40 dollars an hour able to support their families, they saw all the big steel, all the big industry, all the big stuff go out of the country, go to China. Mm, that should have been a big clue right there. But again, I'm very happy that people are seeing how important it is that we manufacture our own goods and that we have American workers honing their skills because there is a place for them or there will be a place for them to hone their skills again. We want to keep the talent in the country and we want to make a decent wage and we want to put an end to these dollar stores, these dollar stores, dollar generals, whatever. It's an abomination that we should have to shop there. It's an abomination that people have so little money they have to buy their food from a dollar store. What is this rubbish? We want an end to all the dollar stores. And what else? What else? Um, ah, big one. We want to see the end of the patriarchy destroying the rights of women. Now, we've had suffrage. We did all that. That's all gone. We thought, well, this is fine. We're, we're in the blend now. We're in the mix. But now they're allowing males to compete against women telling men dressing up as women they can be woman of the year. How can this even have happened? How can this even be up for debate? It is so absurd. It is so ridiculous. And anyone who thinks this is okay is obviously two fries short of a happy meal. You know, this type of absurdity is something we have warned about for decades. It is part of the plan to make sovereign humans redundant. And it would never be allowed under a sane, non-totalitarian administration such as Trump and the republic that he and the White Hats that we all want to restore. What else are we seeing? What else are they talking about? Um, this is a big one, an end to manufactured crisis. Now, why am I so excited that that is on the list? It's an improvement, a massive improvement in people's awareness. Because a few years ago, I had a very hard time convincing anyone that such things exist. Like BLM and Antifa, Antifa, as I call them, two of the biggest jokes ever, raked in millions that somehow ended up in private hands. And it has to be said, the reason they were created and managed by Democrats was because Americans were living in peace with one another. We were all getting along. And yes, I put the rhinos in with the Democrats. Don't you worry about that. I'm not happy with the Republican Party either. But we were all getting along and somehow that upset the cabal because unity is something they fear. So they convinced people there was a problem where none existed. They then recruited a mixture of naive Nellies and the most deviant disenfranchised collection of freaks they could find, gave them money and pallets of bricks, and then told the police they couldn't touch them. How did people not figure this out? I mean, you must, you have to have your head up your ass not to have seen so clearly what was being played out. But again, I'm delighted this made it on the list. People want an end to manufactured crisis because they finally figured out that there is such a thing as manufactured crisis. Hurrah, hurrah, and huzzah on that. What else did they talk about? Oh, the standard of living. Yeah, man, that's bad, isn't it? We want a decent standard of living at a price, you know, that we can afford and we did have that under Trump. Do I keep saying that? We had that under Trump. We had that under Trump. And it was only going to get better. But now we have money laundering, posing as foreign aid. We always did, by the way. But now it's not even posing. It's just outright money laundering. And we have the IRS going after small businesses and ignoring the trillions created by and disposed of by the so-called government. Making sure all the money that America needs to support a proper infrastructure leaves America via the military industrial complex, um, mainly via the military industrial complex, and somewhere else this non-existent money is going to. Um, where, where is it going to, Arnie? Where is this non-existent money going to? It's caring for illegal immigrants that the puppet regime are caring for while withholding much needed services for our own citizens and veterans. How are you okay with that? I'm not okay with that. 
you shouldn't be okay with that. It doesn't matter how you color yourself or whether you like donkeys or elephants or whatever. You know, you can't be okay with this stuff. What else is on their list? I want to be free of medical mandates. Yes, well, you are free. It's a mandate, not a law. You agree to it if you comply. So um, here's some advice. Don't comply. Don't. Don't give your money to organizations that demand you comply. If we want freedom, which is our birthright, then we set the rules. If we want freedom, then we have to, for now, sacrifice a certain amount of convenience for it. We're so used to having everything centralized. Oh, just click, 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 and ship, 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 and this, this. Centralizing everything ensures the demise of a free society. I am still agog at the speed at which the world rolled up its sleeve and said, oh yes, please inject me with this untested poison potion. I am so terrified by the terrible B-movie rated actors dropping dead in China. Inject me, save me. I am so terrified. I can't think for myself. So please tell me what to do. You do not have to comply if it goes against common sense. If you have a problem with it, you don't have to comply. You just have to figure out how you're going to make life work. Oh, money, you know, I, I'm going to be fired from my job. I understand. I lost 80% of my business overnight. Had to close my office down when the whole COVID thing started. But I'm still here. I might have a little revolving debt, quite a bit actually, but I'm still here and I'm still going strong because I'm not going to compromise my principles. If we compromise our principles just for a little bit of convenience, this shit is never going to stop and it has to end people. It's, it's beyond stupid at this point. And what else did we have on the list? Something that people didn't pay much attention to, but they do now, education. We want more say in our children's curriculum. Of course you do. Damn right you do. Because look what happened when we delegated their development to the local school boards. You know, I'm really glad I didn't have children for so many reasons, because I make a lousy parent, to be honest. But if I had children and they came home talking BS that passes for development, you know, all the stuff they're talking about in school, there would be several teachers and their supervisors in full body casts. And that would be a gift for them, actually, in my opinion, because it would give them time to seriously contemplate the law of cause and effect. You know, tell my child they can change their gender. I will give you plenty of time to contemplate your sins. We're supposed to be nurturing the next generation of leaders. Instead, we're creating more of Kissinger's useless eaters. So those are the main points. According to my survey, which I very much enjoy doing, now we can't possibly write all these wrongs overnight, but we can make a start. And let's start at the very beginning. The route to making sense of life, the universe and everything is understanding sovereignty. Correct? Correct. You either believe you are a powerful cosmic co-creator or you do not. If you cannot see yourself as a co-creator, then you see yourself as a bit player in someone else's story. And you will forever be waiting for a line, a cue, and forever responding using words written for you. People, this is where it starts. If you're happy being an NPC, uh, a non-playing character, um, or what my friend Claire calls <laughs> the standard issue villager, <laughs> you know, if you're happy being one of those, being a happy, useful idiot for the writers of the program, then that's all you will ever be. And your opinion on anything has no value because it's not your opinion, is it? It's just stuff that you're parroting. But if on the other hand, you can wrap your mind around the deep pool of potential that exists within and all around you, you can write your own story. That's what we came down for, to write our own story. 
If you accept yourself as an individualized manifestation of source energy, then you accept that you are unlimited and therefore capable of making all and any changes needed to make your life and your world better in all respects. Understanding your true nature dissolves fear. It turns anxiety into excitement. It's that simple. If we focus on our cosmic glory, we align with cosmic energy and we become inspired. We gain access to all the knowledge and wisdom we need. Why do we have so much trouble with this simple fact? Well, I imagine it's conditioning, don't you? Whether it's being told we're born in original sin, which of course is rubbish, or we're being told that we have to prove our worth to God, which is also rubbish, because we are creations of God. And no one knows what created, you know, what was created better than the God, the creator I am. God, I assure you, does not create inferior specimens. Why would we assume that we're born in sin and we have to crawl on our bellies to get into God's good graces? When all God wants us to do is recognize that we are indeed God's in bods. So instead of tiptoeing around trying to prove our worth to some caricature of a deity, we should be acting as though we are the deity. Simple, simple little thing, a small shift in perception, but a massive blast into a high dimension of thinking. We are gods and bods. It's not a joke. I say it because that is what we are. We can go to strange worlds, create all manner of dysfunctional society. We can do this all over the cosmos. And we can be lost in space for eons and do stupid things. But that doesn't change our true nature, always there waiting to be claimed. So let's stop praying to God and wrap our minds around being an intrinsic part of God. We don't need to stop and find a quiet place to pray if we are in constant alignment with the divine. It's always now when we're aligned. And darlings, what is now? Well, now is the only moment of power. Now, what else did we talk about? An end to war. So an aligned mind knows that war is insanity. Guess whose priority it was to make peace with all nations? Well, I can tell you it's not the actor pretending to be a decrepit donkey vegetable with an Epsilon semi-moron IQ. It's not him, is it? No, people who encourage warmongering are never the good guys. There really isn't a sane reason for war. Everything can be fixed with the proper negotiation. Everybody wants something. We all have that one thing that the other person wants. We just have to sit down and talk it out. A return to a proudly made in America manufacturing arena. Yes, 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 and yes. I believe every family should have a kitchen garden and a tool bench and a sewing machine and be as self-sufficient as possible. And a Weber grill. You've got to have one of those. And in the same way as I believe that, I believe every country should be as self-sufficient as possible. Globalism is evil. It's, it's just it's evil because we don't have the mentality to be able to use it well. Globalism means dependence on a central system. And a central system that's run by the bad guys will not hesitate to cut off supplies and services if the citizens dare to challenge the actions of the almighty state. The whole premise of America is that we the people are the state. We need to attend local government meetings and see what the heck our elected officials are up to. Always remember, please, the Koch brothers bought local and state governments long before they brokered Congress's transfer of allegiance from the public good to their own back pockets. It really does start in your own little city or your own little community. And moving on to the end of the patriarchy. Just when things were going relatively well between men and women, the cabal decided that men could become women and compete in women's sports and generally stomp over anything feminine. 
Why was this tolerated for more than three seconds is beyond me. It is sheer insanity. I have some advice for the ladies, the real ladies, biological females. Ladies, if it has dangly bits between the legs, it needs to compete in the male only category. If it insists it is female and it won't budge, I suggest you all line up and take turns kicking it in the area where the nuts should be. If it screams and yelps and starts to cry, send it to the men's locker room. And if a man wearing a dress follows your daughter into the ladies' bathroom, I suggest you take a similar course of action. We are under no obligation to tolerate the delusions of others. We are under no obligation to tolerate insanity. We are under no obligation to put our young ones at risk. These people are welcome to live as they wish. But in my opinion, they need counselling. But instead of getting counselling, they're being used as pawns by the cabal to push the cabal's transhuman agenda. Have your delusion. Knock yourself out. I have no obligation to feed your ego and your delusion. Uh, an end to the manufactured crisis. Well, I just have to say again, huzzah to the folks who had the courage to step back and take some time to understand how this works. Because there's a great deal of change in the way people think now. A few short years ago, when I told people their governments were compromised and working against the people, they gave me that deer in the headlights stare. And now they show up with a list of questions and say, Arnie, what about Bilderberg? What about who? What about WEF? What about United Nations? What about CDC? That makes me very, very happy. A few short years ago, my classes and talks on subjects such as MKUltra, eugenics and deep state were quite poorly attended. Well, that's changed. And my hat is off to all those who changed their minds once they engaged their minds. It takes courage. It is not unnoticed. It takes great courage. And I applaud you and I thank you because you are bringing great light into our world. So please don't stop researching and don't stop spreading awareness because you guys and gals are worth your weight in gold. Moving on, what was the next uh, thing? It was the decent standard of living. How lovely would that be? You know, when this started, all this COVID BS, instead of watching people, oh God, it's so painful to remember it, standing in line at Costco wearing their masks and some of them even wearing plastic dog collars, I kid you not, and they're, you know, six feet apart and we should have, instead of doing that, we should have held mass riots when the last election was stolen. You know, we should have held mass riots and figured out this COVID stuff when they, you know, when they sprung it on us. And we should have had proper demonstrations. When I say riots, okay, I mean demonstrations like the ones in Europe, the ones the American mainstream news refuses to cover. You see, there is a simple solution to all this government mismanagement. I know we're talking about decent standard of living and it, it you know it's it's multifaceted people it's multifaceted but here's here's my plan for it if you I know I can't be the president because I wasn't born here I'm a citizen but I wasn't born here I know I can't be the president but I do have ideas I mean first of all close the border close the border then we beef up border patrol and hire an army of minutemen then we arrest, try and hang all of those that are guilty for treason, right? Then we arrest, try and imprison all their accessories. Then we dissolve the Federal Reserve and stop buying money with interest. We print our own money and we fix everything that needs fixing in our own country. And that is a very long list. But we have the money, you see. We're just sending it to Ukraine and Israel and other places right now. You know, well, never mind about the American citizen, apparently. We have to keep the death cult biolabs working. We should dissolve at least 50% of government departments and agencies. And then there's something that each and every one of us can do every day. Do not feed the beast. 
Be selective where you spend your hard-earned cash. And be okay with going without all but the necessities for a while. You know, we do have a lovely standards of living in America compared to most other places that we used to. But we don't have to have everything all the time. We're at this war, good versus evil. There's going to be fallout. There's going to be casualty. And moving on to how to be free from medical mandates. Again, we are free from medical mandates. Sovereign free thinkers knew COVID had a darker agenda. We knew it was a depopulation device, a step forward into transhumanism. We knew we would get sick and probably die from the jab, so we decided to stay away from it, come what may. And millions have died, God rest their souls, and millions more are falling sick, God help them. And they will continue to fall sick and most will die or become disabled within a few years of taking it. So what is the difference between the people who saw through it and those who fell for it? The people who saw through it may live in the matrix, but they can see the matrix for what it is. And they know their evolution, their awareness, their light will eventually cause the matrix to glitch. So they don't comply. They keep up the resistance to the max. Those who did not see through it have no idea there is a matrix. No one has the right to tell you to choose between a medical procedure and putting food on the table. Just say no. Take a look at our medical system right now. It is imploding. To the ones who knowingly injected people with this filth, to those who kept quiet, picked up a paycheck, and did not honor their oath to first do no harm, I almost feel sorry for you. Almost. Because the payback is going to be hell for you. And what little faith we had in modern medicine in that model of modern medicine, it's gone now forever. We have witnessed doctors commit murder by injection. How on earth do we come back from that? These institutions, they need to crumble and be rebuilt along fair, equitable, honorable lines. And the last one was education. Now, I don't have enough time in one podcast to make all the pertinent points. But in the future, hopefully in the not too distant future, we will have less seated classroom time and more hands-on and interactive classes. And in America, I must insist that the Pledge of Allegiance is spoken every morning. We need to get back to the basics of education, reading, writing, arithmetic, history and civics. We must reintroduce philosophy, human biology, classics and physics and linguistics and chess. It's very important to teach chess. I'm crap at it, but I play because it helps me to use my mind properly. We also need to bring back debating societies. Back in my day, and I, I realize I sound old when I say that, but you know, critical thinking was encouraged back in my day. I also think there's great value in having morning assembly and in um, calisthenics, really. We were all fitter and slimmer and had better lung capacity when we did that at school. So bring back and also bring back public social service. And by that, I mean, in my day, um, we spent one afternoon a week chatting with residents of our chosen charity. Ours was, or mine was, um, a senior citizen home there, uh, you know, on the British coast where I went to boarding school. And so one afternoon a week, we would go and we would chat with the residents. And I met some very interesting people doing that. So at 11, 12 years old, I met an old lady who had been a tutor to the Romanov girls. And I had a conversation with her about Rasputin's influence on the Tsarina at 12 years old. I mean, that kind of interaction is priceless. We need to have a broader generation uh, education. We need to be better rounded. But to wrap it up, we are in day three of 2024. We do know that big stuff has to go down before November elections, assuming we have elections in November. The question we all need to ask ourselves is this. 
what type of world do I want to live in and how can I help create it? I mean, aren't you sick of playing Hegel's Bagel every 100 years or so? Isn't it time to stop playing with all these toys created for our distraction? Isn't it time to learn how to play the game of life and this time learn to play it to win? I'm getting better on the kazoo. I hope you noticed. Well, I think that's enough pontificating for me for one show. So on today's show, hopefully we have quack, silly poetry, awesome American civics, my favorite part of the show, the cocktail du jour. So let's move on to quack, questions, answers, and comments. If you would like to share the contents of your charismatic minds with martini heads across the known universe, send your emails to me, Ani, at oniavidician.com, or by snail mail to Cosmic Ani, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, USA. And please let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. All right, my darlings, let us shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and uh, let's see what pops out. Shaky, 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 shaky. Give it all a bit of a stir. And our first missive is from Shanti, Shanti in Phoenix, Arizona, who asks, what future do you see for all the misplaced immigrants currently all over the world? That's a very good question. Um, Mm. Since the mixing of incompatible segments of society is by design, I see them being repatriated to their homelands. You know, if your country sucks, it's on you to do something about it, right? People go, but I'm being oppressed. Well, perhaps you are. But what are you going to do about it? Does the oppressor have enough bullets and manpower to kill you all at once in one 24-hour period. If that's the case, then you have a very serious challenge, but that's rarely the case. We are all far too quick to bend the knee to bullies. We should bully back. We should shoot back. They feed off our fear. So if we don't fear them, they have no power. And many right now are going, oh my God, Arnie, that is so naive. You try standing up against an oppressive regime and see what happens. I have seen what happens. We all know what happens. People go to prison. People get shot. People die. Terrible things happen. The ones in control will do anything to stay in power. The question is, what will the sovereign people do to regain that power? What lengths are we prepared to go to to eliminate the bullies? Are we prepared to take them out? I hope so. I know I am. No way should we be at the place we find ourselves in now. Should men compete in women's sports? What a ridiculous question. I mean, you deserve to be slapped for just asking a question like that. Or you must support your child's gender transition. Or the state may take your child away from you. What bullshit is that? If you refuse chemotherapy for your child, the state may try to take your child away from... Excuse me? That deserves more than a slap. That deserves a baseball to the kneecaps, at the very least. Of course, we're going to have to repatriate people. They're not going to be happy here. Let's open the borders, they say, and get a new Democrat voter while covering up human trafficking. That's what's going on. Let's give illegals rights and taxpayer money. Excuse me? What's the next step up from kneecapping? Shanti, it's an organized invasion. We all know it, and we all know it's not a healthy situation. When the White Hats take back the reins of power from the globalist puppets, there will be mass deportations, and we the people will have to help with that if we want to see our country saved and restored to the Republic. Some of the deportations will be peaceful, but for those who are brought in specifically to cause trouble, it won't go so well. American citizenship is worth something. How dare you insult it? You don't break a window and crawl in through the back door and get stuff while those who are injured in the service of their country are left homeless and without proper medical care. How dare anyone assume otherwise? Shanti, nobody wants to be a stranger in a strange land. I'm sorry for some of these people for how they've been manipulated, but 
I will tell you, you will see mass deportations and most of those will be voluntary. We will help people go back to where they belong so they can rebuild their countries instead of destroying this one. And thank you for that question. An American citizen is always locked and loaded, Shanti, but slow to anger and never goaded. But when that line is crossed, we fight back, whatever the cost. What else is in the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity? Here's one from David in Orange County, California. Dear Arnie, if we arrest and deal with all the corrupt politicians, our government will collapse. How is this a good thing? David, darling, sweetheart, I believe that is the whole point of awakening, allowing the cesspool that passes for government to collapse under the weight of its own dysfunction. And we will see that scenario play out in multiple arenas with multiple organizations because we have built this matrix on shifting sands and without a solid foundation. We became the wibbly wobbly people, not the shaken and awakened people. If something is evil to the core, doesn't it make sense to destroy it utterly and build something new? I'm not going to panic. Don't panic. Our history is chock-a-block full of civilizations rising, falling, falling, rising, rising, falling, rinsing and repeating. We will eventually move away from this ridiculous multi-party system and have one American assembly. The only thing the founders did wrong, in my never humble opinion, was stick with left and right. Whenever the body of government is divided, there will always be officials focused on something other than the good of the country. There will always be the distraction of party loyalty, steering members away from the important issues, setting money pot traps for the greedy to fall into. And that's why we have a swamp full of egomaniacs lining their pockets and trying to stop publication of Epstein's flight log because they know darn well their names or the names of close associates are on there. And even in today's fabulously fornicated world, nothing ruins a reputation faster than being labeled a child rapist. David, we have become altogether far too reliant on government and our reward for such dangerous naivety was the fake vaccine death shot. So let it collapse, let it turn to rubble. We always rebuild. This time though, darlings, we can't patch things up. This time we have to be sure we the people understand what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and we have to understand why we can never ever let it happen again. And here's an actual letter from Scylla. Nice to hear from you, Scylla. How are things back in the UK? Scylla says, dear Arnie, how does one deal with all the information overload? I want to be informed. I read as many points of view as possible from as many sources. And at the end of the day, my brain is fried and I don't know which way to go or who to believe. Short answer, daily meditation. Our brains can process an amazing amount of information, Scylla. There is no reason to be overwhelmed by it. The reason it seems overwhelming is because our minds, our thoughts are scattered and we are not centered. And if we spend just 20 minutes each day in simple deep breath meditation, we will absorb and understand 20 times more information. And another tip, after your meditation, when you review the information, ask who stands to gain from this event? Who makes money from it? Who consolidates power? That's a big giveaway right there. Who makes money from this and who gets more power? And let's take one more question from the fishbowl. And this is from Omit Personal Details, who says, we had a conversation a few months ago about the credibility of real, realrawnews.com. You had asked your off-world friends about it, and they responded that while they cannot vouch for every recorded event, the majority of the information is legitimate. Arnie, my mind is open, but I find it difficult to believe that Hillary Clinton was executed, that Fauci was executed, that Katie Hobbs was executed just before Christmas this year or last year as it is now, it seems far-fetched. And while I know clones exist and doubles are used, I don't understand how these people can be executed. And we are still in the trenches fighting with the bad guys, who, by the way, seem to be winning. Mm -hmm. Let me have a quick sip of my drink here. Hold on. Mm. I don't know that anything reported on Real Raw News is any more weird than the events of the past eight years. And I can't comment on white hat strategy because I'm not privy to it, but I see your point. It's all very much out there, isn't it? But assuming these people have been executed, how will the white hats deal with the clones and the doubles? I don't know. Let's continue to keep our minds aligned and opened, and I guess we'll find out. 
As for the bad guys, no civilization stays dark forever because it is contrary to natural law. The soul will rebel, the soul will ignite, it will fight, and it will be restored to its rightful place. So any doom, gloom, and boom scenario is a short-term affair. And it may take a while to untangle everything and put it in a form we can understand or present to the masses, but it will happen. We will get there, I promise you. And meanwhile, bizarre to all the people who can objectively evaluate multiple points of view without having a hissy fit or a meltdown, all shall be revealed, my darlings. All shall be healed. But first, we need to break the seals. Let's leave it there for quack, because um, I pontificated for so long. Um, I will catch up with more quackery on the next show. But now um, it's just time for me to say thank you to the listeners for writing in and sharing your concerns. But now, darlings, it's time for Awesome American Civics. Parents, if your children are not taught American history and civics in school, that needs to be addressed immediately. If we are disconnected from our history, we have no sense of identity. And make no mistake, removing civics from the curriculum was by design and needs to be rectified immediately. Today, we'll have a little chat about how the Constitution protects our freedom of expression. And yes, I am talking about the US Constitution, the one bypassed at every opportunity by the current puppet regime of woke wannabes. Sovereignty is the word, darlings. Let's all prayerfully contemplate the meaning of the word. So what is freedom of expression? The First Amendment protects our freedom of expression. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the right of the people to assemble peaceably and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Freedom of expression is freedom of speech, the right of assembly to discuss and express, and the freedom to hold your government accountable should it cause you to grieve in any way. <laughs> the First Amendment does not grant us those rights. We already have those rights. They come from natural law or God. It doesn't grant us those rights. It restricts Congress from treading on those rights. It demands that Congress respect those rights. That's why it begins, Congress shall make no law. The founders of our nation believed that people should be aware of their inalienable rights because it would make them better people and better citizens. And you want awake, aware, engaged citizens if you're going to let them participate in government. Understanding freedom of expression makes us better people because unless we're free to discuss ideas, there can be no growth and no creative process. This is basic human dignity the right to be heard, the willingness to hear others. This serves mankind's quest for the advancement of knowledge. Free, respectful, open discussion for the sake of expansion of knowledge, not for the sake of winning an argument. Freedom of expression allows for all points of view to be considered. It gives us a bigger pool of information to draw from. It does not guarantee that all the information will be accurate, oh no. But it does put the information at our disposal and gives us the opportunity to practice discernment to improve our intuition. Common question, should there be restrictions on freedom of expression? Well, quick answer is, of course not. In a sane society, the crazy ideas are easily identified and dismissed. So I have to ask you, my darling Martini heads, do we live in a sane society today? No, we don't. Should we restrict freedom of expression because peeps have lost their minds? Again, no. Not now. Not ever. We have to be cleverer than just shutting people down. 1969, court case Tinker versus Des Moines School District. A few high school students decided to wear black armbands to protest the Vietnam War. The principals told the students to remove the armbands. The students said no. The students were suspended. The parents took the school to court because the school had deprived the students of their freedom of expression. The school said, listen, we were justified because the armbands might create a disturbance. 
So does anybody out there have any guesses on how the Supreme Court of the day ruled on the case? Well, I'm happy to say they went with the Constitution and sided with the students. The Supreme Court, they said the school cannot restrict the students' freedom of expression unless the students' exercise of that right disrupted the educational process. And the court saw no evidence of that. And the chap that wrote the opinion on that was Justice Abe Fortas, and I quote, any word spoken in class, in the lunchroom, or on the campus that deviates from the views of another person may start an argument or cause a disturbance. But our constitution says we must take that risk. And our history says that this is a type of hazardous freedom. It's this kind of openness that is the basis of our national strength and of the independence of Americans. The Supreme Court rules that students do not give up their constitutional rights at the schoolhouse gate. Freedom of expression encourages peaceful social change. We can attempt to influence public opinion via discussion and not resort to violence to get our point across. Do we trust the government today? Of course not. They have no transparency in so much as they don't engage with us in open discussion about how they will spend our tax dollars. In return, we find ways to cheat the government. Freedom of expression is not just about speaking your mind, it's about pooling creativity and putting it to good use for the good of all. So is there, will there ever be a situation when freedom of expression should be limited? I say no, never, ever. But you have to be ready to deal with the consequences of your expression. If you stand on a street corner holding a banner that reads, I worship Lucifer and I like to molest toddlers, you might be ignored, you might be mocked, you might be laughed at or spat upon, but you might also get the crap kicked out of you and spend the next nine months in hospital. Having the freedom to express yourself does not guarantee acceptance of your ideas by others. So when, if ever, is it okay to place restrictions on freedom of expression? Again, I go with a firm no. And I can hear people out there yelling, but what about national security? And I'm yelling back, what about it? If you want a nation and you want to take national security seriously for your nation, arrest and execute the globalist puppet regime for treason, take the country back, put it back in the hands of patriots, and then we can talk about what national security means when we have a nation. The only security we need right now is protection against our own government. Um, did I deviate? Moving on. How does the Constitution protect freedom of religion? Do we have limits on religious beliefs? No, we don't. Do we have limits on religious practices and rituals? Well, yes, because if you want to sacrifice a living being to Baal or Baalzebub, we might just have to say no to that one. But Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Congress may not establish an official religion for our country or favor one religion over another. And that's called the Establishment Clause. Congress may not stop you from holding religious beliefs and Congress cannot stop you from having no religious beliefs. In the early American colonies, or I should say in the early English colonies here in what is now America, the norm was one settlement, one religion. And if it wasn't your religion, you had to conform or leave. And if you'd already left your motherland to escape religious intolerance, you wouldn't be too happy about being prosecuted all over again in the land you came to for freedom. Now, by the end of the colonial period, things had changed up a bit. We had more religious groups show up. We had Jews, Quakers, Baptists, Catholics, uh, Armenian Orthodox, I don't know, others. Because of this, we became more accepting of each other's religions. And it was felt strongly that people should have the right to practice whatever they wanted to practice. And the founding fathers, in particular Jefferson and Madison, knowing the history of where religious intolerance could lead, namely multiple civil rights disputes up to and including violence, made sure that freedom of religion was part of the First Amendment. That doesn't mean it is cut and dried, though. 
The Establishment Clause clause sets forth the idea that government is to be separate from religion. Huzzah for that. But does that mean that the government cannot be involved in religion in any way? Woohoo! See why we have lawyers so they can confuse us further? I mean, a textbook example would be prison chaplains. If the government pays for prison chaplains, does that mean it is supporting religion? And what if the government doesn't pay for prison chaplains? Would the government be accused of interfering with the prisoner's right to practice religion? What about vaccinations? Can the government compel someone to vaccinate themselves or their children, even if it goes against their religious beliefs, by saying it's for the public good? Now, we all know now never to trust the government in matters of public safety, because obviously they're trying to kill us with this fake vaccine. And we know we can no longer trust the medical industry because they carried out the wishes of their death cult overlords. And it's easy to keep saying the words in a sane society, but I'm very tempted to use that phrase over and over again. And then we have the issue of prayer in public schools. And should taxpayer money be used to support religious schools? Should students be required to attend morning prayers? The Constitution, in specific the Establishment Clause, requires governments to be neutral towards religion. Government is not allowed to support one religion over another, nor can it support religion over non-religion. And if a religious grievance ends up in the court system, then the judge will have to ask himself or herself three questions. Is the government activity endorsing religion? Is the government compelling people to participate in religious activity or to accept religious beliefs? Is the government providing special treatment to one type of religion that it is not providing to another type of religion? So if the government fails on any one of those factors, it is in violation of the establishment course. And it's always going to be a problem as long as we have religion. Once we do away with religion and embrace our own divinity, and that day is a way off, but it's coming, we won't have to separate church and state because the church, the temple, the mosque, whatever, will be gone. And we, the people, will be the self-realized people. And we will be the state. And that is something to look forward to. But until that time, let's continue to study our history. All of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. And learn about our constitution. And let's get involved in local politics and state politics, because if we don't, it really is taxation without representation. We, the people, need to do better about showing up and being representatives for our own communities. And now, my darlings, we know a little bit more about the First Amendment than we did a few minutes ago. And how wonderful is that? I think it's absolutely wonderful. Now, I was going to read you a little poem that I wrote today. In fact, I'm going to do it. I don't have much time, but I'm going to go for it. It's called Silly Poem. There is something sinister about my new garden gnome. I admit I hesitated before bringing him home. I thought he looked lonely in need of a friend. So to him, my company, I did extend. I showed him around, he met other gnomes. There in the library, among all the tomes, he seemed happy, he seemed content. I saw no reason for regret or lament. But over the months, he has changed his demeanour. His skin is quite dry and his eyes seem much greener. The smile he once sported is now more of a smirk. I can't shift the feeling, but he might go berserk. I spoke to the fairies, I asked their advice. Was he nice? Was he naughty? Was he dealing in vice? They held a meeting and they recommended that I throw him out, lest my life be upended. He's very bad news, they all said sincerely. He might be possessed. He's unstable, quite clearly. He can't hold a tune and he eats only prunes. And on Fridays he gets naked and howls at the moon. Well, that did it. The final straw. The last thing I need is a gnome in the raw. Tonight, when it's quiet and all are in bed, I will sneak up behind him and smash in his head. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoy that. And oh, my God, darlings, it is the end of the show. 
I have finished my drink. I really have. It was delicious. I want to take a moment to thank mysticalwares.com for making intergalactic distribution of the show possible. And today's real life cocktail was just a nice cold pub beer from 10 Barrels Brewing in Oregon. That's all I wanted was a nice cold beer. Now remember folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. I'm Arnie, mad as the day is long, Advedician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, don't you dare fall for another lockdown. Take off those stupid masks, put some good bourbon in your flasks, and above all, my darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alpadesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.